Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Stoke the Wild. How y'all doing today? Great, I hope. <laughs> We're so glad to be joining you once again. I am your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is my wonderful wife. Joy. And we... We are your hosts. Are tired. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's been a long week, and... Um, <laughs> I've got another long week coming up. This is my final week of my Kickstarter. And um, look, if you haven't backed it yet, come on. What are you doing? Please back it. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, we would be very excited if you are like, oh, yeah, I would love a book of Nick's poetry and artwork. Chuck in what is a 30 bucks and you get a you get a signed copy. Yeah, that's with shipping and stuff because I got to ship it out, which I'll explain. I'll explain here, right? Okay. So it's the last week. Uh, By the time you guys listen to this episode, there'll be like three or four days left. And um, this book, as I've mentioned, I I alluded to a couple weeks ago and then, you know, we were talking through some other things and so I didn't really get a chance to really talk about the book, but the... um, this book has been a culmination of several years of both writing and some illustrations, as well as some new stuff uh, from this last year during the quarantine, some things that were I could just focus on. And uh, I'm really excited about it because it's kind of semi-autobiographical in that it, it kind of walks through moments in my life from childhood up until now and even looking ahead to the future. And I really wanted to capture those things in into one one collection, and that's what became this book. And so, paper fledglings is this idea that you know we, um, you know, all of us we we in many ways are like paper. Like things happen to us, and we bend or we tear, um, and we don't feel like we're capable of very much. But then, like a baby bird. We still have to take flight. We have to learn how to fly yeah. regardless. And even with those tears, even with those bends, even with that brokenness, um, there are still good and wonderful things to be experienced. And um, it, when you look at the book as a whole, you'll see the trajectory of of pain and heartache and, and trauma and curiosity and doubt and faith and wonder and joy and love and beauty and hope and all those things as... I have experienced over my life and uh, some of it is whimsical and fun some of it is serious and kind of a kick in the face Um, but at the end of the day hopefully it'll challenge and inspire you to either create your own stuff or to be like you know what that was a different perspective than maybe I was used to and hopefully that'll give you something to think about yeah so um the cool thing about it is the project is done. It was done before I launched the book uh, on Kickstarter. And so the Kickstarter is simply to raise the funds to put it into distribution, uh, pay for some of the fees um, and things like that as I publish it. And then to have a couple copies to keep on my own for art shows or selling online from my personal website and things like that. So if you back it at any reward level, you get a copy of the book, a signed copy of the book, and you get a copy of the ebook as well. So you're getting two copies of the book. Um, mm. one digital, one physical. Oh, that's nice. Um so 
uh, plus shipping and handling. You know, you'll get all that just for the packaging and things that I have to do to send that stuff out. But then as you go up in the reward tiers, there's like a postcard bundle where you get all the images inside of the book as postcards uh, or mini prints. They work either way as mini prints or postcards. And then there's the uh, original sketch or poem bundle where you can get a, an original hand-drawn sketch, pencil and ink on a 5x7 piece of paper or an original handwritten poem that I will send to you. Neither of those found in the book, so it's something original um, that we'll talk about once the Kickstarter is successfully funded. I'll send out a survey to find out what you want to do with that. And then there's the art collector edition where you can get an original piece of art of one of the original paintings from the, the book. So one of the paintings found in the book you can take home. And I opened up four like spaces for that. Two of those are gone already and there's still two left. Um, so check those out. And then if you're like an educator or a small business owner, you're somebody who um, would want to participate in hosting like a workshop, um, there is the workshop uh, or performance tier, which gives you 10 copies of the book that you could either sell or hand out to students or whatever, or make part of the ticket bundle for this event. But essentially, it's a workshop performance event where I'll talk about writing or I'll talk about illustration, um, kind of workshop that with your students or your clientele, and then do a performance as well of several pieces from the book. Um, and maybe even a couple of pieces that are in the book just for fun. And then finally, there's like the investor tier or what I call the Dear Sam reward. Excuse me. It's early. The Dear Sam reward, um, which much like Frodo and Sam from Lord of the Rings, uh, I couldn't do this without your help. And if you choose the Dear Sam reward, you are the Samwise Gamgee to my Frodo carrying me to the fires of Mount Doom. And reaching my goal completely because it's the biggest tier and the biggest investment. But in doing so, you get 52 shout outs on this podcast. So every week you'd have an opportunity to have like an advertisement or a marketing space, you know, as a sponsor for the podcast and be like, hey, this episode's brought to you by, you know, one, two, three cool stuff. And then We'll talk about your company or your organization or the thing that you're doing for a whole year every week on the podcast. Um, and that breaks down to like 80 bucks a month then for uh, advertising space, which is pretty cheap for advertising space. Yeah. And um, you know that you'll hit a, a decent market of creative people looking to um, who listen to the podcast and, and who are you know looking to maybe invest in other projects and things like that. So... Mm -hmm. Um, and then, of course, there's like the, hey, I believe in the project. I, you know, want to give some money, but I don't necessarily need a reward or want a reward. Or maybe I can't afford the rewards that I want, so I just want to throw in some money. And there's a little space for that as well. So there's been a few people who have done that, too, which is really cool. So thank you. Um, we've had people from all over the world back this project, and which is exciting. Yeah. I've uh, got a few people in England, a couple in France, Canada, um, I think even one from Australia. So like That's wild. Thank you guys if you heard about it on the podcast or if you just randomly stumbled across it on Kickstarter, thank you so much because um it is featured as a Kickstarter project we love, which means that it's on the homepage and it's more visible in front of people, which is cool. But I'm about four hundred dollars short now of my goal 
And as soon as we cross that finish line, um, coming up here at the end of the week, and it's successful, they'll be ready to send it to print and start working on those rewards to get those out to you guys as soon as possible. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. What if you, what if you are like, well, I want a book, um, I want a reward, but the amount that I'd like to give um, falls in between two of the tiers. Is that what you can like get a book and then like add more to your? That's, that's a good question. You know what I mean? So I don't, that's a good question. I don't know. I think in the reward, the reward surveys, because I haven't created one yet. Mm -hmm. I might be able to do that. I might be able to do that. But if you're like, hey, I, I know Nick and Joy, or I can at least contact them because I've listened to the podcast, stokethewild.gmail.com, and I want to send an email saying, hey, I'm going to back the project at, you know, the um, the original sketch and poem level, you know. And so you back it at that. But you're also like, but I also want postcards, and the postcards are only available at the postcard level. How can I get both of those? Shoot me a message and back the project, um, and I'll tell you what to back the project at. So that mm. way it covers the cost of the postcards too. Mm. And then I'll hook you up with postcards along with that reward as well. Nice. So there are ways to do that. Just let me know, and I'll add it to the list. You know, so if you're like, mm -hmm. or if you're like, hey, I'm, I want to do the original art piece, but I also want these postcards. Um, or I want to do the original art piece, but I also want like an original poem or an original sketch as well to add to that. Again, you can kind of figure that out based on the pricing of the tiers, but just send me a message and add that to your pledge and we'll make sure you get that too. Awesome. Yeah. That's cool. I'm really excited about it. And like I said, it's the campaign ends in just three or four days and, um, you know, the the sooner we cross that threshold, the better. Then we yeah. know that we're successfully funded, but we're about $400 short. And uh, I want to make sure that, that that happens so we can get this book out. It's my debut book. I've never done this before um, in a good way. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm super excited about it. Uh, friend and editor Chris has uh, done a lot of work to make sure that it looks clean and sharp mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. is ready to go. And... Uh, all ready for distribution, cover art's done, the interiors are done, layout is done, the postcard layouts are done, uh, the original paintings are obviously done because they're in the book, so the only pieces for the rewards that are not done are the original sketches or original poems because that'll depend on what you're looking for if you back it at that price. And mm -hmm. that was a limited reward tier as well, so out of 20, I think there's 12 spots left. 11 spots left, oh, wow. so almost half of them are gone. Mm -hmm. But there's still space if that's something you want to do. Uh, so, yeah, go to kickstarter.com and type in paper fledglings, or you can find the link in the liner notes below and jump mm -hmm. into that before the Kickstarter campaign ends. Yeah. I'd appreciate it. That's awesome. So that was a long little kind of reminder for that, but... It does mean a lot to me, and so thank you to everybody who has backed the project already, those of you who listen and back the project, um, those of you who are hearing it now, and you're like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to hit pause, and I'm going to do that real quick, and then jump back in. Thank you, um, because it means a lot. 
to yeah. make, make this project a reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, um, that, I think that's one of the things that I love about Kickstarter is that you can find really amazing projects um, that people are, are doing and are working on um, and and support it and be a part of that. And it's, and it's amazing because you can... Um, it's it's crowdfunding at its finest. You know what I mean? Like it's like somebody says, "I have done this great, you know, I've done this work, and it's it turned out really great." Yeah. And I really um, want to be able to put it out there. Um, I want to publish it, or I want to distribute it, or you know, depending on what the work is. And then someone comes along and goes, "Oh yeah, this is this looks cool. I'd like to help this person's dream become a reality." Yeah, and I think that that's the cool thing about Kickstarter. Um, and more often than not, it's like I want to help them, but also this looks super cool, and I get something out of it. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like it, it's it's a really cool thing that you're like, oh, I want that. Um, and also, I know that by purchasing this, the money is going to go to that person to help them um, make this a reality. Yeah, I would really love to do like a a full episode with some of. Uh, my friends and some others that I, I know have done Kickstarter projects. I've helped people mm -hmm. with Kickstarter projects before. Um, and it is a different beast. Like when you are on the side of like, oh, hey, here are some ideas or here are some rewards or, you know, oh, you want me to design a thing for this reward? Cool. You know, and like mm -hmm. talking through that with them mm -hmm. and then actually running your first one on your own. Yeah. Um, the stress level is much different. I was going to say. <laughs> It's very much different. Yeah. But the the cool part about it is is that there is, I mean, there are so many things, yes, on Kickstarter, mm -hmm. so many different things you can find. And there are things that, like, I wouldn't have even thought of, of like, wanting for myself or mm -hmm. um, that I thought would even exist sometimes till I see it there. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. And. And then, like you said, you know, you can back it and help somebody else and get mm -hmm. something out of it too, maybe. Um, and so it was pretty, it was a pretty easy choice for me when it came time for this because I knew that, like, yeah, I was going to need, you know, at least for us, some extra money, you know, with all the pandemic stuff and everything else, like we were going to need a little bit extra to, to pull this off. And yeah. it was just the best way to say here, how can... How can we do this, but also give back to those who support us and help them out too? Yeah. And I think it's it's been a cool experience so far. And uh, I've already got ideas for, you know, at least what's next, whether that's on Kickstarter or not. But it's also shown me what I'm capable of to say, yeah, I've done this project. It's finished and it's just mm. a matter of putting it out there. And what what can happen even after this? And as creatives, I think sometimes we we start projects that we don't often finish. Yeah, I was just going to mention that. Like I get in the process and then I and I'm enjoying the process and then I stay in the process. Yeah. I never leave the process when it comes to some projects. Well, you know, you know how many things I've started. Yeah. And it's sometimes even like we're on a long drive on a vacation, you know, a vacation, quote unquote, where we drive from one family member's house to another, <laughs> you know, across state lines, but just like, hey, uh, I've got this idea. Say. Can you write this down? You know, and we'll spend like an hour or two in the car. Yeah. And you're like writing down all these ideas I have or talking out a story point or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
And then I'll work on that for a little while, and then I'll just sit on the shelf. Yeah. And, like, to have a project like this that I I could see from start to finish, and then I've actually completed it, like, it, it's one of those things that until you do it for the first time, it's hard to get through that wall of saying, wow, man, like, well, I'm never going to finish this, or mm. this isn't good enough, or um, yeah. whatever else. And sometimes, you know we get in our heads that perfect means complete. Yeah. And that's not that's, that's not true not at true. all. Yeah. Well, and then even if you complete the project, you continue to tweak it and tweak it and tweak it. Yeah. And then it's like, well, it's never really done. I have, um, I've done that so many times, particularly with things that I've written. Um, I'll be like, oh, yeah, this is the topic, this is the thing, and then I write about it, and then I sit and I tweak it and tweak it and tweak it until it's no longer even the same thing. It's like it's not even, sometimes it's not even the same topic. Yeah. Like subject matter has completely changed because I just couldn't leave it alone. Right. Um, and so in that regard, when I think about completing projects and, you know, finishing an entire book of poetry, um, you know, obviously I've never uh, published anything, so whatever. But I'm impressed um, because it's not something that I have done. Um, and I always look at people who, uh, again, especially with writing, who are able to complete um, a volume of work, whether that's a book of poetry, um, a book of prose, essays, you know, short stories, anything like that. Yeah. And I look at that and I think, wow, I know how much work went into that. Mm-hmm. Because I've I've written, admittedly, again, not a book's worth of material, or at least not as not enough good stuff that I would consider a book's worth of material. Um not but I know how hard that is. Yeah. I know how hard it is to write something and then not edit it to death. Yeah. You know, we've had with the different guests we've had on the show, um, from Micah, our first guest to, I think Caleb, right. A couple weeks Mm -hmm. ago was our last one. Just about everybody. Like when it comes to creating things has probably said, if I can remember correctly, everybody's, (laughs) you know, guest interviews right now. What, They'd probably say, like, you know, looking back at some of the early stuff they've made, mm-hmm. like there are things that they would absolutely change, whether yeah. whether that's in in uh, carpentry or painting or writing or right. whatever else, like things that you are learning from and you grow from and you look back at 5, 10, 15 minutes from, mm-hmm. <laughs> from the start and you're like, oh, I don't right. like that anymore. Right. Or, you know, 5, 10 or 15 years and you're like... Yeah, I published that, or yeah, I made that. And while I'm proud of it, I also know that I'm much better now than I was then. Yeah. And so, like, taking those steps to say, yeah, I completed this, and I'm sure 10 years from now, you know, if I look back at this book, there might be things where I'm like, I I wrote that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and maybe I'm, (laughs) like, I'm so proud of this first book, but at the same time, I'll probably look back and go, oh, I probably would have changed that word or, you know, maybe this wasn't as clear as I thought it was in the way that I tried to paint the the uh, uh, written 
image, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the verbal image yeah, or whatever. And I think that just happens naturally, like for every creative, because if we're doing our jobs right as creative people, the more that we create, the better we get at it. We ne- are never going to hit perfection because we're not perfect. We're human beings. Mm-hmm. But we can continue to strive for that. And so when we look back, we can go, here's where I made strides. Yeah, that wasn't awesome. Or this is, that was actually still pretty good, you know, with maybe a few tweaks here and there. And, but it's something that we'll see. And to say, hey, I finished something I started. That was the hardest part. And now I can start and finish more projects to have to look back on. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important, like for all of us, as we push ourselves as creative people to say, you know what, I'm going to finish this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whether it looks great or not. Yeah. Whether it's perfect or not. And eventually, as we continue to do it, we'll learn from those mistakes that we've made. We'll learn from those areas that at the time we thought, yeah, that was awesome. Ooh, maybe that wasn't as awesome as I thought. So let mm-hmm. me let me fix how I'm going to do that next time and, and all those things. And it becomes part of the creative journey and the creative process then in the future. Yeah. So now I have a question um, because I think everyone does this a little bit differently. Um, and I think it is important when we write something and when we go back and we edit it to have a certain degree of like ruthlessness when we are editing um, because you can't, you can't look at your own work with compassion and be like, oh, well, I just don't want to change anything. You have to be objective mm-hmm. and you have to be ruthless about it, which is really tough. Um, and so it can help to have someone else, you know, to look at things and whatever. Yeah. But um, I know that for me, a lot of times the editing process um, is occurring at the same time as the writing process. Not always. Um, sometimes I just sort of word vomit and then either I go back and clean it up. later. Yeah. Sometimes I go back and clean it up later. And sometimes I'm like, well, that happened. Okay. Yeah. And you know, and I I don't try to salvage it because that's not what it was for. Um, some people though will, you know, and, but most of the time when I do my writing, um, I edit as I, as I go, I'll write a few lines you know, go back, reread. I don't like that. Cross, you know, a word or a phrase out. Go back, write something above it. You know, and I'm editing as I'm going. It's kind of like this. You know, three or four steps forward, two steps back. Okay, yeah. now I can move forward again. How does that work for you? How does your editing process work? Well, with um, with poetry specifically, and then for this book, uh, usually it is. Usually it's the the words first and letting it flow because a lot of times it'll come from an emotional state or a um what's the word i'm thinking of a a like a a a memory you -hmm. know that kind of flashes either whether that's pain or joy or whatever like those feelings and you know i'll think of the phrasing and the words and all that stuff or Sometimes a phrase will just pop into my head and I'll just be like, well, that would make for a cool kind of thing to explore. And mm-hmm. then the rest just kind of comes. Yeah. And I just kind of get it all out. And I'll look at it later with, like, fresh eyes. Um, mm. Just so that way, it, in the flow of it, because for me, poetry, much like music and lyrics, 
uh, is all about a flow. Mm -hmm. And if I do it while the flow is there, then like the rhythm and the tempo that I think it has in my mind like is consistent and I get it mm -hmm. out. And then when I go back to it, it's easier for me to remember that flow because it's it's all the way out and then there's mm -hmm. not much. Um, it's not like having to go, oh, how did this song go? Like I wrote, mm -hmm. a, I wrote like a, a stanza or I wrote like the chorus, but how did this part go? Yeah. And like trying to figure out the melody or, or whatever. Right, right, and, right. Um, so then when I edit it, like for this, I had... Um, I had our friend Chris who ha has helped me with some of the design stuff on this as well mm -hmm. um, who's written poetry and all yeah. a whole lot of editing work and he works for a magazine and, and all this stuff um, I had him look it over and do some edits as well just to kind of get someone else's eyes on it mm -hmm. um, and I was I told him be ruthless you know yeah yes yeah. yes some of these are deeply important to me because they're a part of me but I'm not going to be offended. And so, like, with a red pen, you know, he marked things up. It was yeah. like, what do you mean by this? Or I would change maybe this word um, mm -hmm. into something else or think about how this, you know, whatever. And uh, mm -hmm. it was great because I didn't feel, I didn't feel like, oh, you're just trashing the, the way that I feel or the way that I, that I wrote or whatever. It was like, no, this is cool because you're seeing something as an audience member or as a reader that I wouldn't have thought of. And mm -hmm. uh, most of the time it was, this is what it sounds like you're trying to say. Mm -hmm. If so, great. If not, what would you need to change to communicate what you want to say? Mm -hmm. So it was less like, hey, like you need to rewrite this whole thing, but make sure that you're clear in, in what you're trying to say in this moment. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, like <laughs> I'm... Not a grammar person, so some of the grammar, some of the spelling things, you know, mm -hmm. little, little things like that that I would just have to go back to. Or if, like, I was typing it with my fat thumbs, you know, <laughs> then it was like, you know, uh, pretty sure you meant who, not who, you know, because I hit, like, too many letters instead of a space bar. Right. So little things like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, next question. Um I hadn't, up until recently, I had no idea that anyone else did this. And I was like really excited to learn that I'm not the only one. Um, but uh, I'm curious now about the way that you write poetry. Um, some people write it in uh, the structure, like on the page, it looks like the structure that you want it in. Like you have a line. You have line breaks, you know, some are longer than others, and, and it looks like a poem. Um, most of the time when I write poetry, I write it, and it just looks like an essay. It just looks like a bunch of sentences all strung together on, you know. Sure. Not usually like line breaks. Sometimes there are line breaks, but for the most part, I just kind of write it all in one big block of something and then put line breaks in later, or I just don't put line breaks in at all. And I'm like, well, I don't know what this thing is called, but yeah. it doesn't, you know, necessarily fit the bill of like a poem or, you know, whatever else, um, completely. Um, and for me, I just write it that way because that's the way I'm hearing it in my head. Yeah. That's the way it sounds. Um, and I was listening to, um, uh, Micah Bornet um, and 
and Liz Weiss on, um, I think it was the second part of the episode that oh, they yeah, did for the RTN yeah. Theology. And they were talking about writing. They were talking about, you know, performing and creating art and things like that. And Micah said, like, when he does, uh, when he writes his spoken word, it doesn't look like a poem. It just looks like an essay. And I was like, oh, my gosh, somebody else does that. <laughs> um, so I was really excited about that um, because I don't talk to people about writing poetry very much. Um, right. It's just kind of, I did that and it's mine. That's over there. Um but when you write poetry, do you include like, oh, this is the structure here on my line breaks? Or do you just sort of like, and, and does that matter when you're writing your poetry to you? So poetry for me has always been for me. Like even as a kid, um, you know, and I talk a little bit about this. Uh, I think I talked a little bit about this maybe in another episode or at least on social media. But, you know, for poetry for for me has always been for me like it wasn't a thing I shared with people like growing up right growing up like it was something people made fun of you for yeah and, oh uh, yeah I in school and stuff like that, that. so it wasn't mm-hmm. it was nothing that I ever really was sharing because right as much as I enjoyed it and I loved those sections of of our English classes you know um it was along with storytelling, it was one of my favorite parts because it was, again, as someone who is musically inclined, a form of, like, lyric Mm -hmm. um, without music, you know, and writing these stories or these thoughts. And I've always resonated with that. And even my dad, he had used to write poetry. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think he does much anymore, but he used to write poetry. He was in a poetry contest and was flown out to California to do a thing. Um, when I was like nine or 10 and, um, he's also a musician and a songwriter. And so like those things were always kind of in front of me. So at home, mm-hmm. like it felt normal yeah, because I'd see it Yeah, at school. It wasn't normal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was more normal than I realized, but a hidden normal. Yeah. People didn't want to talk about it or let it be known that they were like a junior higher who wrote poetry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and let's be honest, it was probably very emo, uh, at, least, <laughs> at least for me. You know, at the what's time. wrong with emo? Nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> took a lot of influence from Dashboard Confessional. Oh my goodness. Uh, no, the, <laughs> but but like the writing for me, um, always being for myself. Uh, mm-hmm. It it's always come because of the lyrics. And this is just where I'm different because of how I think in, in, in song. Like I write it the way that I would want to see it mm-hmm. or the way that I would want someone else to read it if they happen to stumble across it. Mm-hmm. Um, also because I'm a visual like learner and a visual kind of storyteller. Mm-hmm. For me, writing it in the visual way that I would want to see it is helpful for how I process uh, specifically with poetry, with story, it's a little different. Like I'll do paragraph, right, um, right, and you know when your your break is because yeah. you're moving on to something else. So, but with poetry, uh, unlike you and Micah, just for my, it's because of how visually I'm inclined. I write it the way I would want to see it, and I I recently, as I was going through some old files on my computer, found I don't I haven't saved everything from when I was a kid or everything from high school for certainly. 
For certainly? For sure. For certainly. For sure. Certainly. But the, uh, I did come across like a poem that was published in like the, the senior, junior, senior art, like magazine zine thing that they did. Oh yeah. And, um, I had like one or two in there and so I found one of those and I eventually reached a point where I'm like, "Eh, I don't care. I was kind of, I was kind of, um, uh, a, I was a jerk in high school. I'm just going to say that. Oh. Like to a lot of people. Um, and that's because I had no confidence in myself and I thought that if I, to be confident, I needed to think I was better than other people. And so like, even though I had like my church and school friends, like at school to guard myself because of being overweight and because I felt like lonely. Um, I just like kept people at a distance. And so mm-hmm. like, it, it was like, I wasn't actually elite. I was just a jerk. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and if anyone from back in high school ever listens to this and you stumble across it, my deepest, sincerest apologies for anything I've ever said or done as a human being, because I'm sure it was terrible. Um, but anyway, the, like, like finding those things, though, reminded me that, like, this has been something that I've always cherished for myself. And so to finally mm-hmm. put it out there, um, to finally put this work out there, these things I've written over the years, um, like, it's important to me. Yeah. And one of the things that quarantine did, at least for me, being at home when, when, you know, working from home was that it kind of forced me to sit down and do some things mm-hmm. and kind of get into a new rhythm of how I wanted to write. So even after, even after I finished the collection that I wanted to be in this book, I've been writing more. And so I have more mm-hmm. poems, I have more short stories, I have other illustrations and things I've been working on, mm-hmm. especially during this last month. Like, all of my social media posts have basically been like, hey, guys, don't forget the book. Hey, here's how many days are left because you kind of have to <laughs> beat the dead horse and, you know, make sure the broken record is playing so that way you yeah. get what you need to get for it to succeed. But, um, like, I'm excited to share some of these other things that I've I've got planned or that I've been working on as well during this time mm-hmm. once once this is all over. Um because it's it's fun and it's exciting and I feel like I have a new rhythm for that stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, though, I'm sorry. I just had an idea for a new, like, super awful game show, like The Floor is Lava. Um, only this one is called Dare or Dare. Because you said <laughs> how many dares dare. left ever. <laughs> how many what? You started to say how many days left and you came out dares. Oh, how many dares left? How many dares are left? How many dares left? <laughs> Dare or There's dare. dare oh, welcome back to Dare or Dare, where you have 25 dares to get to in the end. I, I <laughs> How dare. many dares are left, Dale? Dale is the host. Dale. Dale. Oh, man, that would be like a the terrible tongue twister. <laughs> Dale dares you to dodge, dive, duck, dip, dodge, and dive. <laughs> oh, that's what I thought of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I even really answered that question you had um, originally. <laughs> now that I think about it, because then I went into that tangent about being a jerk. Um, That's okay. But, That's what happens. We we all just kind of go off on the tangents, yeah. and that's how we write sometimes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. I guess the 
just that idea of of writing being a visual a visual form mm. like in and, mm-hmm. and, and spacing it and pacing it even like as I've been talking to as I was talking to Chris like about how some of these poems I want to visually look in the book yeah like you know there's illustrations in there yes so there's mm-hmm. a visual connection to a mm-hmm. lot of them but there are some where I'm like some of the words I even want to like distort in the text a certain way like with the font and formatting because I want it to visually like communicate a message and I'm excited about it I think it I think you guys will enjoy it is what I'm trying to say once once it's out there yeah yeah um I think it's going to be great I'm really excited for for this project to um you know go to print and be distributed and to see it in physical form, I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah. Uh, our friend Ross, uh, who, he, whenever I ask a question on social media, uh-huh. I know Ross will answer. So, Ross, thank you. <laughs> um, everybody else, you know I can see when you look at my questions, but don't respond, right? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Let's, let's Maybe not they don't this. have an answer. Let's not play this game anymore. <laughs> Maybe they don't have an answer. Uh, no. So, like, for example, last week... Mm-hmm. Uh, as I was thinking about prepping for future episodes, I was like, got any questions, you know, about like what you want us to talk about or any questions at all we can try and answer. Oh, and I Ross think I know about one. this one. He's the only one who <laughs> sent something in. He said, is there anything that the two of you really just like characteristics that you just can't stand <laughs> about, about, each other. about each other? Yeah. Like what is your, the most annoying characteristic? It's like the he other just wants us has. to have a He wants a us to have an on air argument. Yeah, that's exactly what he wants. Look, we we figured out a lot of those um, annoyances, I would say, fairly early on in marriage. Not all of them. Oh, in marriage, yeah. yeah. Also, I think in the podcast. Oh, yeah, also that. I mean, if but you that... listen to the first <laughs> 20 episodes, probably. But, <laughs> but that brings, that, that brought new, you know, things to light because we were doing something together that we had never done before. We should, we should do an episode on... On marriage. I know it's not necessarily as creative uh, per se. Oh, you have to get pretty creative sometimes. <laughs> when you live with me, yeah. <laughs> That's not what I meant. When you time. live with the same person yeah. for an extended amount of time. There's definitely some cre- creative things involved for sure. Um, <laughs> but we should we should talk about our, uh, our marriage story. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> sometime. And go through that. Things we've learned along the way. Yeah. Um, But Ross was, like, not only did he ask that question, which thank you for giving a brief answer to. Hopefully he feels, Ross, do you feel? feel I hope you feel validated and satisfied by that answer. Good. Thank you. We see you right now. Turn around. All right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So the, but I, I brought Ross up because, um, he, you were talking about, I can't wait to like, you know, actually hold the book when it's done. For yeah, me. it's awesome. Me too. I've got a template, you know, like a, a, a mock-up version with like, essentially it's like a green screen cover book. And so you could put your book template in there, but it's like being held by, yeah, it's like you a, know, a model or whatever. Yeah. Disembodied hand, hand. Yeah. The hand yeah. model from, from Derek Zoolander. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the first time I posted that picture, Ross was like, Whose hands are those? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, it's a hand model. 
What's funny is there's like the hand models for like the postcard ones too. Mm-hmm. And that's someone with black like uh, nail polish on. Mm-hmm. And which is even funnier because I'm like, hey, here's these postcards. And I'm like, it's it's not my hands. Nail like, polish. Clearly not my hands. But it's just Who funny knows? Maybe you like to wear nail polish. Hey, I've worn nail nail polish. Nail polish. Nail polish. On dares. Dares or dares. Dare or dare. I dare you to wear nail polish. Okay. Dare you to wear nail polish. Nail polish. Uh, I'm tired. We both are. Zoe. Zoe's painted my nails before. Yeah, when she things. yeah, especially when she was really little, it happened like on a weekly basis. Also, one time, our friend Krista, just for oh, fun, yeah, after she after she uh, she does like nails, like paints, mm-hmm. um, like designs on nails for people and stuff. One time for fun. I may have asked. I don't remember. But yeah, I'm gonna say, like, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that she offered. Um Okay. Yeah. So she was like, Hey, can I paint one of your nails? And I said, Yeah, okay. So she painted like this intricate flower like on like my pinky nail. That's funny. Yeah. I don't know what the big deal is with nail nail painting and like nail polish when people like in it doesn't matter what you wanna huh. like what gender you are. It doesn't matter. You can wear nail polish, it's yeah. fine. Uh, yeah, I don't see why it's a big deal. No. Um, so my favorite rock stars or musicians, like when they're playing, have their mm-hmm. nails painted. River, right. Rivers, like yeah. Cuomo yeah. from Weezer, he'll mm-hmm. have his nails painted while he's playing yeah. up on stage. And like even if it's just for a thing, and it's not all the time, like who cares? Yeah. Or whatever you want to do with it. I personally don't like the smell of it. And I don't think anybody likes the smell of nail polish. Probably nail polish smellers. They probably like it. What? There's no such thing as nail polish smellers. Sure. There's also, <laughs> sure. The, also the people who smell glue a lot. Well, okay, but that's we're getting into other territory now. <laughs> I know. That's why I said smell and not huff. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Nick. You're welcome. That's great. No judgment here, guys. No judgment here, but... Don't do that. Don't it's do not that. good for it's you. Not it's not, not safe. <laughs> um, but the, the uh, yeah, I don't like this. I just don't like the smell of it, which is why I wouldn't do it. I don't like the way it feels on my nails, which is why I don't do it. It makes my, like, my fingers feel heavy. I don't like the way that nail polish feels. Yeah. So that's how you know that that's not my hand in those photographs. Nor mine. Because I'm not wearing nail polish and my hands aren't thin. <laughs> Actually, mine are not really thin either. And my hands are much hairier than both the hands in the photos. So are mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think that's true. That. No. no. All right. Well, that was a crazy... Topic of conversation. All right. So what does that bring us to next, Joy? It brings us to what we're going to do today. All right. Let's hit it. Hey, hey, what we going to do today? Hey, hey, what we going to do today? I can't wait. Tell me what we're doing today. Nick, what are we going to do today? Today? Today, specifically, we're um, getting the driveway retarded. It's, it, it's um, um, I almost said refinish. That's not it. Sealed. Sealed. Yes. Sealed. Like resealed. It's a tar, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, like sure. Blacktop. Like, yeah. Coating. 
ceiling tar. Like I don't know. the oil situation? It's the stuff that killed the dinosaurs, right? Mm. We're getting our driveway asteroided. <laughs> <laughs> that would be terrible. We would not have a driveway left. Um, yeah. So that's happening today. Yep. And we are also house sitting for some friends and um dog sitting and cat sitting and chicken sitting and garden sitting, taking care of their garden and animals. Um and so we're gonna go over there because mm-hmm. we can't park in our driveway. And also the road is torn up because they're redoing yeah. the road too, so we can't park on the road. So <laughs> our cars just have to float in the air. Um, and we would probably get in roads. trouble for... Where we're going, we don't need roads. So we'd probably get in trouble for parking our cars in our lawn. And I also don't want to. No. No. Um, but we also got our uh, permit set for getting our fence replaced. Yeah, which really needs to happen because we had a thunderstorm the other night. And, and a fence. piece of it just blew over. <laughs> just like fell off. Yeah, but here's how. Like... Okay, but... This is funny. Okay. Because, like, yeah, strong winds can, like, knock a fence over. Mm-hmm. But what's funnier is the umbrella... Like the table umbrella? The table umbrella was picked up by the wind, mm-hmm. flew across the yard, and hit the fence, and mm-hmm. then, like, a section of it just, like, fell over <laughs> by, from the umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> it just, like, plopped over. Because I don't think the wind itself was terribly strong. It was. It was 50 to 60 mile an hour winds. Yeah, but we've had that before, and I don't think that would have just caused the, f- the fence because it's all like... I don't know. Like, it's falling apart for sure. I mean, I picked like, up one of the top pieces, and it started to crumble in my hand. Yeah, but that's happening like, like legitimately. Everywhere. I think it's because it got hit by the umbrella, which is why it got knocked over. Yeah, probably. But I think it's funny. Yeah. Our neighbors watched it happen, and they said it was like watching, um, like the Mary Poppins umbrella because it was it was upright, like it was the way that you hold an umbrella, like even though it was a table umbrella, so you wouldn't walk around holding it. It was like that; it was like floating through the air like that, and then it would, and then it turned sideways, hit the fence, and then stood back up again. <laughs> And then it floated back to the table and sat itself back it inside the table. It floated back up toward the house and, like, by the back door, which is where our patio table is. That's and they funny. reached over the fence and grabbed it. Ghost umbrella. I'm surprised that they didn't float away once they grabbed it. Yeah, they probably could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are some of the funny projects that are happening. That's what we're going to do today. Are you doing anything creative right now? Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, I am. Um, I am currently um, doing some, uh, well, I'm not doing the logo work. Chris is, but we had um, sort of a, uh, like, he ha- he did a logo presentation um, where I chose, like, hey, do you like this one or this one? Um, and chose, you know, sort of like a, a rough mock-up of what direction we want to move in or I want to move in um, because it's my, my project, which sounds very weird. Um, I'm used to having someone else doing this with me. Um, but yeah, so, so we did that uh, the other day and um, I had pressed pause. Like I, I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but I had pressed pause on the project um, just due to 
everything that's going on. It was a matter of like, is this appropriate? Is this important right now? Um, and after some introspection and seeking some counsel from people who are wiser than myself, um, I decided to move forward with the project because the goal of the project was always to amplify other people's voices. Um, and, uh, and I'll talk more about, you know, about that in the future as we get closer to, um, the first episode release. But, um, Chris has been phenomenal. Um, he's been helping me with the logo stuff. He's helped me with like having a tagline. He's helping me with font stuff. Um, all kinds of different things that like, I don't know how to do. Um, so he's been absolutely instrumental in helping this podcast, this, this new podcast that I'm launching, um, come to life and I've been recording. Um, and very, very soon I get to sit down and begin the editing process. And I have a lot of raw material that I'm working with. Um, so I think as of right now, I have somewhere between six and seven episodes recorded um, for season one, for season one. And I, I'm really excited, very nervous. Um, right. But very, very excited as well. So in the coming week, um, we're going to be nailing down some more, um, logo finalization, I guess. Um, finalizing some, some more like font stuff, um, sort of layout type situation. And then I got to you know, we got to make sure that the website is good to go. And then I got to make sure that the social media account is good, our Instagram account. And, uh, and then that's it. Then I have nothing else to do except actually release it. And so that's that. I mean, yeah. it's making me really nervous, which is probably I why know, I'm giving I, you I like a detailed step-by-step. -step. <laughs> then I'm going to breathe. So that's the and thing. Then I'm gonna hit <laughs> hit play on the TV. That's the thing that uh, probably annoys Nick the most about me is that when I'm nervous, I I give you like a play by play of everything that I'm gonna do for the next three months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go, Ross. That's the thing. <laughs> that's the characteristic that bothers Nick the most. <laughs> it's true. He's like, I don't care, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, and you got enough for oh, basically season one you can be excited uh and then i'm gonna <laughs> then i'm gonna think about it <laughs> that's an important step yeah <laughs> gulp. gulp gulp um but yeah i'm i'm excited about it nervous about it all those things yes um but you guys should be excited about it because it's going to be the most popular thing on this broadcasting network i doubt that yeah. I doubt that going, is what I no, said. No, yeah, it's going to be better than this. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, it truly is. Seriously. Oh, okay. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. <laughs> from the big and tall store. Do you remember those commercials? Men's Warehouse. Oh, Men's Warehouse. That's what it is. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. That's that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, that's what I'm doing this week. Um, continuing to write a bit as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Nick, what are you, uh, I mean, we already, like pretty much this whole episode was what you're doing right now. So is there anything else that you're working on? 
Yeah, I've been experimenting with some different art stuff that, um, well, hopefully in the next few weeks I can start showing you guys. But some some different projects that are just a little mm -hmm. bit different in terms of kind of the canvas that I'm using as well as some of the things I've been been making. I've been having to do a lot of digital art lately for some uh, client work. So um, some of my traditional medium stuff has not been in front of me as much as I'd like it to be. Mm -hmm. But as soon as this project is done, I'll be back at that. Um, and like I said, I've got some other things already kind of in the pipeline for what I want to do next. Um, now that I've finished this and I know I can finish a project as as uh, big as a book, mm -hmm. I'm ready to just keep making, making stuff, uh, making more books, putting together storybooks and short stories and things like that. Because um, once that, I'm serious, once you've unlocked that mentally in yourself, like, oh, I can do this, it just doesn't make sense not to keep doing it. Right. So right. that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. And I'm back over at Two Mile Coffee Bar working part-time, which I love and enjoy. So if you're in the Chicago, Beverly, Morgan Park area, come check us out at 95th Street Station um, on 95th and Beverly or over at 99th and Walden um, where we have our second location that's open up. And yeah. with the, with the, safely with masks on for the reopening phases, you can now take a seat inside um, up to like... 10 to 12 people, I think, depending on the location. Mm -hmm. And so check that stuff out and join us there because I'll make you coffee and yeah. enjoy it. Well, and look, I've been to the 99th Street station a couple of times um, just uh, in the last week. Um, I'm, you know, dropping Nick off um, on my way to take care of our friends, animals and whatever. Um and um, it's gorgeous. The 99th Street shop is so beautiful inside, and so you should go check it out because mm -hmm. it's really, um, it's just so pretty. I love the seating. Probably that's my favorite thing about 99th is, like, just how, how pretty the seating is. I love it so much. Um, so you should go check it out. You should go to Two Mile, either location, but I think you should really scope out 99th yes and if you go back and listen to the episode with ross weiler um he's the one who did uh the majority of that construction and set up in mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. along with the vision of greta and yeah. nate as they uh and sonia as they put all that together so it looks fantastic yeah it's really beautiful well guys thank you so much for joining us um again go to the kickstarter page you can check out the 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 link in the notes um, to back my debut book, Paper Fledglings, on Kickstarter. Um, so check that out. And then as well, if you have questions, want to follow us on social media, at uh, Stoke the Wild on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or mm -hmm. email us, stokethewild at gmail.com, and check out the website at stokethewild.com, where you can find more information. If uh, you are listening to this in the future, and the Kickstarter has ended, and you want to get a copy of the book, you can go to the website as I'm sure, as I believe, the books will be there. And you can order one from me, signed and sent to your door, and it'll be fantastic. Awesome. Follow us again. I'm Nick Dertinger Art on Instagram. Find me on Twitter at Nick Dertinger and for Joy. I'm at JM Dertinger 
on the social medias. On the social medias. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.